This is Pee Pee Poo Poo Show. <laughs> Welcome to Dingle Dungle, and it's time to really have a rip roaring time. I'm Dingle. And I'm Dungle. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna. I'm gonna gonna keep that if it sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) And it sounded good, so we're gonna keep it. And welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, Welcome to Cinema Lounge. It's the official podcast of the Great Scub Do, the YouTube channel that we never touch. I'm Marshall, and I have, of course, my co-host, my beautiful boy. I'm I'm Ben. That's Ben. I'm Ben. He's a good fellow. This week, I'm a co-host. You've Not a guest. <laughs> I didn't say guest. You didn't? Oh, really? No. Listen back to it? I said with me this week, and then you just immediately <laughs> took that as guest. <laughs> this is kind of what it sounds like. It, a little bit. But, but, that's, but I think, in your head, it was because in previous weeks I hadn't been on. You had done. A little bit. And also what I have written here is I'm Marshall, and with me today is Ellipses. Mm, mm-hmm. So I can change that to make you feel better. No, no, no. Since no. you're such an insecure no, little boy. No, I don't need that. Okay. No, I think that makes more sense. You, are, right. you are the bedrock of this podcast. That's a fact, and we all know it. Um, So welcome, everyone, to the show. It's the official show. It's the show that we do. Mm -hmm. And last week we talked about... Uh, That one Spanish movie. Devil's Back. Devil's Back. And this week we're talking about... That one German movie. Those two German movies. Oh, and one novel. And one novel. Yeah, Did you finish that's right. the book? I, I, I jumped through it. I jumped okay. through it. I didn't read every page. But I, I but, but I, I Did got... you read the end? Yeah. Okay, because I have questions about the end. Okay, cool. Um, but we are here to talk about All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, recently released. Recently really, really released. The new version released in 2022 this year, mm-hmm. recently on Netflix um, all German made, all German produced and everything, which is really cool. Yeah. The original from 1930 was presumably an American production. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't really look into it that much, I guess. I have notes, but who cares about notes? You know what I mean? Yeah. I um, can I yeah. just put my notes on the screen good? There we go. I have one movie on the left and one movie on the right. Oh, you genius. Um, yeah, so the original directed by Lewis Milestone or Millstone, I don't know. And the new one directed by Edward Berger, or Berger. Mm. Don't know. German names. Hard to say. Mm. Um, Not hard to say, but hard to tell. Mm. You understand. I get you. Um, But we looked at all of these things, and Ben more or less read the the novel. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got a lot of different perspectives on this thing, um, and we're going to talk about it. Yeah. So, Ben. Yeah. Let's talk about well, it. Yeah. Can I start with one thing? Yes. Which is... is you're a here's, social studies teacher, and if you have oh, anything sure. inaccurate, then I wasn't you're to gonna blame. S- I wasn't going to say that, because that is a scary thing to say, but I will I will do my best as as a social studies mm-hmm. educator and and uh, light World War One enthusiast. Yes. N- not even enthusiast. I mean, I like history. You're not enthusiastic yeah, about I, World War I? Well, no, but I have been to the museum a handful Mustard of times. Mustard gas, and yeah. listened to some podcasts and watched mm. some movies and read some books. And Yeah, anyway, I'm a teacher. I will try my best yeah. to be informative. <laughs> um, I am by no means a World War One expert, but sure. I, I, am a social, I have a background in social studies. Yeah. That's not what I was going to say, though. Um, but that's good to throw out there. So if you're listening, yeah, just don't stop. <laughs> don't stop listening. Just keep keep, keep your listening. ears open. <laughs> yeah, open your ears. Put them next to your and, your headphones. Anyway, this is a story, Marshall, of of one hour and twenty minutes. What happened at one hour and twenty minutes into the movie? Okay, I've I've been watching All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, I'm an hour and twenty minutes in, and. <clears throat> This whole time I've been thinking, 
man, my sound bar is off. Like my speaker, there's something wrong with my speaker system, but I've like five to 10 minutes in, I noticed that and I was like, you know what, I'm committed to, to whatever, it's gonna be fine. I'll just keep watching it. Yeah. But there's like some weird, there's like the audio is off with the movie. There's something, uh, there's something off yes. between the, the TV and my sound bar, but I've committed to it um, and it's fine. And I'm an hour and 20 minutes in and finally, I think, wait a second, their lips are legitimately moving differently than the words they're saying. Yes, and they that are. is when I realized that the movie was in German and not in English, and I had the English dub turned on. Yep, which British is English. British English, yeah, which was super weird. Um, I thought it was made that way for most of the movie, and I was like, this is kind of strange. They're kind of half-assing these German accents. Yeah. Like, they're like kind of like sometimes <laughs> German, sometimes British. What's going on here? Whatever. Um, so it almost was like I watched... I watched both. It really was like half and half. Yeah. So I'm glad I have the perspective now. I'm glad I realized it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so for all of you listening, um, it automatically for me is on the British English dub, not in the original German with English subtitles. Yes. So watch out for that. Which that um, seems to be the default. Is on, the British English? Well, just on Netflix. Yeah. In general. Like with like anime and stuff, it does the same thing too, right? I mean everything. People yeah. started watching Squid Game and it was automatically in English and stuff like that. Whoa. Which is weird. That's like why dumb. not just put it in the original language that it's made in? Yeah. I don't maybe, weird to me. I wonder if there's 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 gotta be there's definitely an executive choice there of what hooks people faster when they click on it, probably. Oh, I think that's true, because Im- imagine the amount of people that Squid Game is the most watched show. Like on streaming services of all time. Oh, right? wow. I didn't know that. Huh? Something like that. Like uh-huh. it was, at least for Netflix, by a huge margin, their most popular at the time. Wow. Massive, massive, massive. Hmm. I, I, 100%, no way that would be true if it was set to Korean. Right. Automatically. Because uh-huh. you start that show, and the moment you hear it's not English, entire, yeah. all of America and Western Europe turns it off to goes to something else. Yeah, unfortunate, but I, I, I get it, yeah. I guess. I get it. Um, anyway. That's why I held off from watching Dark for so long, because I couldn't just sit down and dedicate time to something. And I finally broke down mm-hmm. and just started watching the dub because, like, I want to watch the show and I don't have time to... I love watching things with subtitles, and with movies, I, I'll set that time apart. But for series, mm-hmm. I, I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you're trying to do other things, sometimes making dinner. Yeah, right. Or, like, yeah. I've been watching it while I draw. And that's such a confusing show at times. Like, it's so complex. Right. Um, so, like, there's one particular scene where they start to, like, unravel things uh-huh. at the end of the first season. And I just had to pause it and be like, okay, hold on. Because I'm only mostly watching. And that one's German? Yes. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Really good uh, mm-hmm. German. No. Yes. Yeah, the show's German, but it takes place near Chernobyl. Oh, okay. I think, or something like that. I don't know. No, it's German. I thought so, but I don't uh, know. Ben, it's German. Okay, cool. Don't Can't ask me silly me. questions. Of course it's about okay, German. Of course, sweet. Shut up. Okay. Uh, so that's Speaking a conversation about German. I wasn't, yeah, that's a conversation I wasn't expecting to have is debating the ethics of Netflix choosing which one to default into. Yeah. That's that's fascinating stuff. Speaking of um, ethics in Germany. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. So so the movie. Well, okay. But before we move on from that, I yes. do want to say for a while I thought it was interesting. Like a, a note I had was it's interesting listening to 
this in British English because it makes me connect with the characters in a yeah. different way because my mindset is like, oh, these characters are all British English. Like I'm used to watching a World War One film or insert war film where the English speaking yeah. people are the good guys. The British speak or the <laughs> the English speaking people are the good guys. The non-English speaking are the bad guys. Yeah. Um. So it was interesting seeing the good guys be not English speaking, but in the movie speaking English. <laughs> anyway, it, so that was like a takeaway at first was that it helped me empathize yeah. with the characters in a way um, beyond what the movie already tries to accomplish. Um but then to switch that halfway, it was good. I, I preferred it Br- a German with subtitles, no doubt. Interesting. Well, just I because I did the reverse. Oh, you did? Oh, I watched really? a good chunk of it in German, mm-hmm. and but I was trying to take so many notes the whole time. I was like, "You're missing dialogue." Yeah, I yeah, just need uh-huh. to. I can't like pause this and go back or anything. Right. I also just didn't have time because we were originally planning on recording that day. Uh-huh. So I was like, I don't have time to pause and go back and redo everything. <laughs> right. So. We kind of did the opposite thing. That's I watched funny. it in uh, America English or German English. Okay. No, British, British English. English. Yeah, it's all German. It's good. It's it's German, Ben. It's also pretty. It's also pretty good. The dub is is good. I think so. I it's one of the better like considering a lot of times I didn't they realize sound kind of goofy. It. Yeah, considering I was like, ah, oh, my speakers off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah. So I think that's a good place to start. Which a big theme of this new movie and I've read the book yeah. so I haven't seen the old one but a big, a big theme is obviously um, sending like the people who suffer from war are not the politicians or the people back home sending like the the <laughs> my sentence is all jumbled up the people who suffer are the are the kids who get sent and yeah. the people who don't suffer the easy decision is the the nationalism back home the teachers the politicians who are sending the kids to war um and so an interesting take i think is that and i'm sure we'll cycle back to this theme Mm. but the fact that i am an american watching this and like feel gut-wrenching towards the germans like the german kids in the trenches yeah like this the whole idea for me is that war sucks both sides and this i think this movie does a good job not painting either side french german as bad guys it's really the guys in the trenches and then the people over them sending them to their death yeah yeah yeah. so i think an important preface to all this is the um what the movie is about oh yeah we should tell yeah for yeah yeah, i think people probably know the general idea and hopefully they've watched it up to this point right but um either one of them or the book whatever watch the book (laughs) um the basically it is world war one germany so this is not hitler or the nazis this is germany Mm -hmm. um just regular germany and they all everyone gets pulled into World War One, and essentially this is just from the perspective of the Germans, and specifically from this young kid Paul, um, who joins the military because of a rousing speech in school, and then eventually ends up, you know, in the war, becoming a grizzled guy and everything, and just the horror of that, and the difficulty of that, and the. Um, yeah, just the the moral and ethical questions involved there, mm-hmm. and there are there are a good number of differences between the original movie and the new one, mm. and I'm not sure which one is closer to the book because mm-hmm. I haven't read the book and I didn't really yeah so I didn't really not, research that yeah mm-hmm. so 
my question for you, first of all, mm-hmm. is would you say that the new one, having not seen the original, would you say uh-huh. that it's close to the book? Uh, no, they make changes. Um, like probably central to the plot changes. Sure. Like something happens to a character and it happens differently in the movie. Sure. Um, but I think I think it tells the story in a visual way better. So sure. um, hard to tell a visual story in a book. It, yeah. Well. Yeah. So so like here for example. Um, and we'll try to do non-spoilers for a little bit, just oh, like okay. a general, because okay. it's because it's a new thing. Okay, yeah. You know? So, so here, so so if they're if in the movie they were trying to tell a theme of they were so close to making it to the end of the war, yeah. Like, and and then this character dies on the last day of the war. Yeah. Like the 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 treaty is about to go into effect and they they die, and then like the theme is oh they was they was so close to being over and that was like the idea mm. um versus in the book it doesn't necessarily end with that character like whoever the character is yeah. dying on the last day they just die somewhere in the war sure like it is a, a dateless like there's no date associated to it nowhere in the book is anyway so like what i'm trying to say with that is they take something from the book the the essence of it is hopelessness and they visualize it differently. Um, sure. And I think it makes more sense storytelling-wise in the film um, because in the book, you get that idea in a lot of other places, but this character dying in the book is not necessarily telling sure. that theme. Does that make sense? It does because I've seen the original version, uh-huh. and I think that the 1930 movie probably adapts, based on what you're saying, mm-hmm. the book ending. Uh-huh. And I want to get back into that. I okay, want to talk yeah, about so no the ending more yeah, deeply no yeah, no because I think that the differences between those two is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, I, I maybe, think visually, yeah, so maybe what we're saying is the, the, the older version tells the, is adapted more closer to the, closer book, to the book, which makes sense to me. You mm-hmm. look at older movies, like 1930 is still young for movies mm-hmm. and it's for talkies even. Yeah. Like the, the medium is new. They're trying to figure out how to make these things, just how to make movies in general. Mm-hmm. And they're figuring out like what looks good and what feels good and what like brings up emotion and everything. And there's some cool shots in the original of like double exposure and mm. like really almost art house at times. Mm. But that's probably more because they're just figuring out how movies work and more that uh, I'm sure that it's not. Let's try to do some weird stuff and do some cool art house stuff. They're probably just like, this is what we're able to do. Mm-hmm. Like in the original movie, as opposed to the new one, the new one, the kids are immediately like, okay, you're ready to go enlist? Yeah. Like that's basically the first scene. Uh-huh. The original, there's a whole preamble to that uh-huh. of like, I think it starts, where are my notes here? Um, 1930, uh, the war is ongoing. Is a little experience such a bad thing for a boy? Yeah, so the boys are given a rousing speech about joining the war in school, mm-hmm. radicalizing them into something they don't understand. Mm-hmm. So it's like their teacher is giving them this like Hitler level exciting speech. Right. And like you get this, like this is what I'm talking about with the art house stuff is like you get this really close up shot of mm. the the teacher just going, yeah, mm-hmm. you got to do this. We got to do that and this and that. And then he, like he's almost drowned out by like the cheering of the kids. And then you see them cheering and everything also mm-hmm. on the close-ups mm-hmm. 
and like sitting up like oh captain my captain like let's get out like yeah 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 mm-hmm. and like everything is just drowned out by their cheers mm-hmm. and these crazed smiles and looks on their face which is partially like just 1930s acting mm-hmm. but i'm sure some of that was intentional like it's it's unnerving to watch mm-hmm. um and there's certain ways that the original feels more uh, there's there's more contemplation in the original than the new one hmm. and i think it's an interesting thing where be, the differences in what they were allowed to do on screen hmm. forced them to do certain different things mm-hmm. because the new one you can do all kinds of crazy violence and it's very visually violent and scary and yeah. uh, like grotesque and everything right. which is good mm-hmm. but the original you get as much as they can do mm-hmm. which is like there's a point in the original which just I was watching with Danny Peterson, uh-huh. um, and we both just looked at each other like, "Whoa!" Because we were not expecting in this 1930s movie huh. to have a guy like they're running on the battlefield, and the guy like grabs barbed wire, and then an explosion happens, and there's a cut, and it, just his hands are Whoa. left there. And you're like, "Holy cow!" That's crazy. Yeah, but there's so much more contemplation, and mm-hmm. there's whole conversations about like the purpose of war and why are we doing any of this that we don't have in this the monologue probably much closer follows monologues happening directly from the book right which Uh is the same thing when um when paul kills the soldier with a knife Mm -hmm. in the original not only is that like played up way more Hmm. but i think that's supposed to be like his first kill Mm -hmm. in the new one he's already acting like an action hero earlier in that scene right but in this one, he has like a whole long monologue that I'm sure is just taken directly out of the book. Yeah. Of like, you could have had a family and children and everything. And I'll I'll help you. I'll get your your papers or whatever, and I'll send them a letter. And in the new one, you don't have that because realistically, that would all be in your head. Mm-hmm. And that scene still happens, mm-hmm. but without all of that outrospection. Right. Hmm. And I think there's an interesting back and forth there of like, yes, we can show all of this visual horror. But in a weird way, it's taking away the existential dread and the existential mm-hmm. horror of mm-hmm. all of this, mm-hmm. where the original also <clears throat> has no music. Huh. It's just silent. And you get these long, like the beginning of the new one, these long, slow panning shots of uh-huh. the battlefield uh-huh. that in the like the black and white and just the dead quiet of it, except for the sounds of war and all these men dying, hmm. it's like, that's where I talk about it being like art house. It's eerie. Like, it's creepy to watch. Interesting. Where the new one, it feels more action movie yeah. to me at mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You still get that sensation well, of even dread, the, I mean, just the opening. Yeah, it opens literally with an action scene. Yeah, You don't right. get to the war for, like, 30 or 40 minutes right. in the uh, hmm. the original. It's a slow buildup mm-hmm. of these kids slowly kind of realizing, this is not what we signed up for. Yeah. Until which you is, finally which get Which is there. interesting to me because I think the beginning of the movie, <clears throat> the new one to me, I was pretty uninterested at first. I was pretty yeah. like, oh, okay, another war movie. Mm. And then about halfway through is when I was much more compelled to yes. like, oh, this is like making statements. This is making me feel a lot. Yeah. And the beginning, it was like, which is so interesting that how numb our population our populace, our population right. is, I'm like numb to the action war scene. Like yeah. that feels unreal to me. The opening scene, I was like, ah, whatever. Like mm-hmm. it's Saving Private Ryan. It's Call Mar- of Duty. It's Call of Duty. It's Marvel movie. It's yeah. whatever. It's new teaser trailer for 
Battlefield or whatever, you know? Yeah. So that's... Bow, 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 yeah. bow, bow, bow. I felt like... That's Battlefield. Not, <laughs> the theme? Yeah. And Oh, like in any of the trailers yeah, or any of that? Bow, yeah, bow, bow. Except in Battlefield 3 where it's like dubstep. It's like... <laughs> that's really cool. That's really cool. Which, that's Terminator. Ooh, that is... <clears throat> that brings up something with the score that I want to talk about later. But um, Yeah, uh-huh. I agree. Yeah, okay, sweet. We'll get there. Yeah, okay. I think it's polarizing. The score is polarizing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, oh, was it? Oh, oh, so I'm numb to the opening scene. And then as there's more of this, as it slows down in the middle of the movie, yes. is where I'm actually feeling much more compelled and moved. 100%. Um, and engaged with what was going on. So, yeah, I can't remember how we got there. We were, I guess we were comparing the old one to the new one. Yeah. Um, but I think this is, out of all of the World War One movies, media I've seen, I think this world feels the most like World War One, or makes it makes it feel like World War One. Sure. Compared to other things. I'm thinking, like, uh, 1917, um is yeah. it's, is its own it feels it feels world war one um but like the whole movie that whole mission is like it's not the day in day out of a soldier in the trench no this movie I mean, it's a true story yeah but this movie feels like You're which i it. guess it makes sense it, it, it feels like the day in day out of soldiers in the trenches like it's showing you pretty much like an overview of all the stuff the history books talk about yeah. whether that is trench conditions, um, no man's land conditions, um, or like, like what it's like to go up over the top and yeah. and charge through the barbed wire. Over the top, or, starring Sylvester Stallone. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, that's exactly in this movie, actually. Um, yeah, so this the world feels feels very World War One to yeah. me. Um, I think they do a really good job with those details, like the dead horses in the middle of, oh gosh, speaking of which, a World War One movie that is not a World War One movie is War Horse. Um, that, is that World War One? Yeah. I had no, 100%? Straight up, yeah. Absolutely thought that was Do you was remember World the War end II. when it's like running through the barbed wire and it's like, ah, yep. yeah, that's all World War One movie. Now, yeah. I mean, it's so obvious. Yeah, now right, I, right. Wow. Yeah. Um, anywho, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I, it has to be for me, if, if I were to give, and I'll do this at the end of the episode, if I were to give four things to go consume if you were interested in World War One, yeah. like it has to be up there for me of... of four things to consume. Yeah. Four three thing, three sorry, white eggs. Shut, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, as long as it doesn't get shot in your pocket. Oh, yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Yep. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, I, also, I think we're in a spoiler territory. Yeah, I but. think, because we can look at our different categories here script score cinematography performances directing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think for both of these movies the script is very good mm-hmm. if you're going to watch the 1931 mm-hmm. it is a script from 1930 like mm-hmm. it is what you're going to expect it to be but it's still very good mm-hmm. i believe it won best picture yeah what what 33 or what year 1930 was it? it was 30 the book the came dot. out in 28 okay gotcha so two years Ooh, after the book which fun fact when the book came out it was received from germans as well, as too critical of Germany. Yes. Of like, we, we, which is so funny because it's like speaking out against nationalism. Yeah. And they're like, no, this makes everyone who reads this around the world is going to think Germany it sucks. I think <laughs> I wrote that down. 
Yes, Nazi rabble-rousers stormed screenings of the film in Germany, often releasing rats or stink bombs into the theaters, as wounds of defeat in the First World War still ran deep. Because it's only like, gosh, 12 years later now? Mm -hmm. This led to the film ultimately, ultimately being banned by the Nazi party. It wouldn't receive proper screenings in Germany until 1956, though it did play to packed houses, excuse me, in 1930 in the neighboring Switzerland, France, and the Netherlands, with special trains and buses being laid on to support Germans to screenings. Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy. And that also brings up the wild point of, like, people probably only vaguely knew who Hitler was when this movie came out. Hmm. Like, like around the world, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. You think about the context that this movie, the original movie, and the book came out in. Like, we can look at this now and be like, yeah, it's like a v any Vietnam movie coming out now. We all look back on that and think we shouldn't have been there. But, like, think about the Vietnam movies coming out in the late 60s. Mm -hmm. Like, this is countercultural. This is really intensely countercultural to a point mm -hmm. where the people that it's actually targeting, like I just read, like, really intensely were against it. Yeah. Like, this is a statement and we can look at this nowadays and be like yeah war's bad but this was like heavy-handed allegory back yeah then. yeah also i think the book is that way too no uh, doubt um heavy-handed not even heavy not allegory. I think, yeah, yeah but i think like clearly making a statement from a veteran who experienced all of this yeah you know it's it's a, i think i think this is a better thing to read to get an idea of World War One, than uh, like even like a the World War One diaries or things that I've read are like sure. interesting enough, but but I think the story is much more compelling to the experience. Yeah, um, and it's really well written. It's is it? really good. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Some, I, and the audiobook is completely on YouTube if you want to read it. All free. So yeah. I might do that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean the score, and it's, it's like a what was it, a six and a half, a seven-hour audiobook, maybe. Like that? Not so bad. It's, not, it's not a long book either. It's a few days. Yeah, yeah. Um, the music, we can talk about the music in a little mm -hmm. bit. Performances, directing, cinematography. Yeah, well, it's all spoiler time. Yeah. If you haven't watched it, too bad. It's time to talk about spoilers. Mm -hmm. In three, two, one. So James Bond gets blown up yeah. by <laughs> missiles at the very end. Marshall, stop. Uh, stop. That's a funny joke because one time. On the way to Omaha or something, uh -huh. I was in the car with my parents because they were, I don't know why we were going to Omaha, uh -huh. but uh, they were like, oh, we haven't listened to the latest episode of the podcast. Uh -huh. I was like, oh, do you want to listen to it? And uh -huh. it was no time to die. Oh, no. And my mom was like, oh, well, I haven't seen it yet. It's like, well, we don't have to listen to it. Yeah. We can do something else. And she goes, no, it's fine. And then we, <laughs> we start it. And we start listening to it and we do non-spoilers for a little bit. And then the moment that it goes into spoilers, I made the very funny immediate statement of, so James Bond dies at the end, <laughs> which I'll cut in right here. That no, for the relaunch yeah. of the show, yeah. that we would talk about James Bond, No Time to Die. Yeah. Where James Bond is just desperately trying to find time to die. Can't mm -hmm. do it. And maybe does in the end. We'll find out. When do we begin spoilers? Um, I don't know. Maybe we should just spoiler warning now. This is a new movie. We don't always do new movies. Yeah. New movies. Yeah. Honestly, at this point, uh, if if you're listening, it's too late. We've already spoiled it. So stop listening. 
James Bond dies at the end. There it is. There it is. There it was. That's the big one. <laughs> and my mom just immediately goes like, well, I didn't want to know that. It's like, well, we didn't have to. We didn't have to do this. Straight spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Straight up. So every time we go to spoilers, I just think, so James Bond dies, dies at, at the, the end. end. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, so Paul dies at the end. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. 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 Um, so in the original. Uh-huh. And tell me if this is in line with the book, okay. because the new one, they get this added tension of this war-hungry guy who mm. you, I was born too late, whatever, yeah. or too early, I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, and they go to the one more battle, and they try to fight the guy who looks exactly like um, Peter Sellers as um, Inspector Clouseau. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah. Yes. I saw that guy and I was like, holy Whoa. cow. I didn't put that together, but yes, wow. He looks identical. That's, I couldn't find him on wow. the cast list. Yeah. But the guy who plays French the dude. the yeah. French commander, uh-huh. Uh-huh. he's French. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Looks exactly like, like Peter Sellers that is as so funny. Clouseau. That, huh? Hilarious. Um, so I'm just picturing goofy detective Clouseau in this situation. It's very entertaining. Um, that all happens and then Pog dies in that encounter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the original movie, you get this massive thing where like, and I'm sure this is in the book, he goes home mm-hmm. on leave. And that is in the book that gets cut yes. out from this one. Uh-huh. And you get all of this stuff of like his mother misses him and his sister has made like potato cakes for them or yeah. something. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like really it's like, oh, I mean, I should have known you were coming. I've got potato cakes in the oven. <laughs> like, are those related? Are those two things connected, sister? Or are those just like separate S- statements? Hard to tell. Yeah. Um, and he goes into his childhood bedroom, and he's like, he used to catch butterflies as a child, uh-huh. and you can see it on the wall. Uh-huh. And this comes back later. And he like goes to the bar, and all of his dad and all of the different like aristocratic guys are like, "Well, now listen, you've got to go here on the map, and if you just go over there, old chap, you'll just get yep. them over by That's spring." In the book as well, yeah. 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 And it's like, well, you're looking at it from the small perspective. You've got to look at. The war uh-huh. from an overall view. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, dude. He's like, well, I'm there. And he goes back to his teacher and he sees all of the, him doing the same thing with these students who I think they very cleverly cast as younger kids because mm-hmm. then he comes back and we get to see the very clear age difference between the two of them now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes on this whole thing about like, you know, it's not what you think it is. Like, it's not. And the teacher's like, you're crazy, man. You're wrong. And the kids are all saying, no, you're a freaking apostate. Like, going, like, super intense with it. Uh-huh. Um, and he just is like, I can't go back to this life. And I'm, I'm going back to the war. Yeah, that's my in the home book now. he says, I wish I never went home. Like, yeah. yeah uh-huh. So he goes back and there's, like, all these new fresh kids, essentially. Like, mm-hmm. he's going back and you're getting this cyclical thing of, the beginning of the movie is basically happening again, but now he's at the perspective of Cat and the other guys, uh-huh. as opposed to him being the kid coming in. So he's coming in as the grizzled guy and seeing all of these kids who are like, do you have any food, sir? Like, blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, no, sorry. Where's Cat? He's off getting food. Of course. And he goes and finds him, whatever. Cat dies. Yep. A similar way. So in in this one, they're being dive bombed by a plane, uh-huh. and they dodge it. They think, mm-hmm. but Cat apparently gets hit, and oh. he carries him on his back and uh-huh. takes him back uh-huh. and sits him down. Same line as in the new one. Uh-huh. You could have saved yourself the trouble. This right. man's dead. Uh-huh. So then he's like fully brain dead at this point. Like, yeah. what's the point? It's all over. Yeah. Goes back to the war. He's in the trenches, and he sees a guy, and he's going to shoot him. 
and then he sees a butterfly. Uh-huh. And he reaches through the hole in the trench to grab the butterfly. And this iconic final shot uh-huh. of him reaching then, you just see his hand reaching towards this butterfly. And then you hear the gunshot and his hand goes limp. Oh, wow. And that's the end of it. Okay. So, and it's like, it's heavy. Uh-huh. And I feel mm. like it is what, just before I go into that, what happens in the book? Book is a bit more literary and poetic that's an interesting i feel like i feel like that feels like what they could do in 1930 yeah um which is interesting way of telling the story um book is probably closer to that so difference cat gets hit in the leg okay similar thing to in this in the new movie where he's carrying him for a really long time is that the same in the old one okay so carrying him picks him up over he's hitting like the shin um, and then there's a bunch of artillery all around and yeah. they, they can't hide from it because there's nowhere to hide. Lays him down and he got hit in the back of the head. Um, oh, no, that's what's happened. That's what that's happens. That's the only one? Okay. Yeah. okay I think okay. there is a dive bombing plane at one point, oh, okay. but then it is artillery that then yeah. like ricochets and hits him. Yeah, anyway. Um, same thing, same like you could have saved the trouble. Um, and then a dialogue, like a, a monologue of him, like himself pretty much saying like, this generation is like the dead generation. Like we'll never, we'll never, the people before us like won't understand us. The people after us won't understand us. I have like, I'm at peace with, with whatever the rest of my life is. Like all I, I'm like a shell of a person pretty much. I'm here in this moment. Pretty much I have nothing to live for. Sure. Um, And this is after every single one of his friends one by yes. one has been picked off through the entire book, yes. each their own way, one by one. He's all that's left of his seven that enlist um, and of his class or whatever that the teacher recruited. Yeah. And remember, it's World War One, so they weren't splitting up people by um, where they come from. So yeah. like, like the whole town would all get put in the same regiment for camaraderie, some esprit de corps. Yeah. togetherness not thinking that you know they'll all die and the town will have no more men but anyway so his seven from his class yeah. are all together they all die one by one he's the last one um and then this is where all quiet on the western front comes from because it is no longer his voice it is some omniscient narrator in the book that says um the the military log was entered as it was a quiet day on the western front um he was found uh. he was found face down in the dirt like he was asleep um if you looked at his face it was it was at peace as though like all the suffering had ended and he was free um wow. anyway yeah that's yeah, heavy yeah 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 it's super heavy yeah um and this is i think there's something where he says like oh that's the thing with cat dying he was like here like cat Oh, oh, they said, they ask him, do you want to go through his stuff? And he says, yes, I'll go through the stuff. They ask him, are you family? And he says, no, I'm not family. And like, I'm not family. I'm not family. But just before this, it talked about how he and Kat had known each other the past three years. They spent yeah. three years in trenches on the Western front. Yeah. We're not family, but he's the, the only person that understands me. And like, oh, dude, it's just like gut wrenching. Huh. Um, anyway, so that's where the all quiet on the Western Front comes from is he died on a quiet day on sure. the Western Front. And so it doesn't make any connection to the armistice. It doesn't make any connection to it said I might have said he was October or sure. it was fall. It, fall was approaching. 
and uh, but that's all it is like it's really interesting how it just like there's no big build up there's no final charge it's just yeah he's just he died he just happened he died just like yeah. everybody else I think there's the the actual final shot. The iconic final shot is him reaching butterfly. out to get the butterfly. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The actual final shot kind of echoes that a little bit, mm-hmm. where it basically just like cuts, hard cuts mm-hmm. to um, a massive graveyard mm-hmm. that I don't know if it was like a real place or if it mm-hmm. was a drawing or something, mm-hmm. like a really good matte painting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But a massive graveyard with like huge amounts of headstones. Uh-huh. And then... I don't know if there was music at the very end there playing over that or or not. I can't remember, but it just is like the there's a shot earlier in the movie when they're actually about to finally go off to the front hmm. that seems a little weird and cheesy at first, but then at the end is just like haunting where you see all of them like the cameras behind them. And they're all walking away, like off to war. Mm-hmm. And they kind of like each one of the main guys turns around and like looks back and like, oh, looking back at home, whatever. Uh-huh. And then they at this very ending shot, they have this horrifically massive graveyard and they double exposure that shot. Oh. So you just see one by one all uh, of these guys, maybe in the order they died in the movie. Uh-huh. I don't know. Uh-huh. Turn back. Uh, transparency over this graveyard. Got it. And it is like, it's haunting. It's disturbing uh-huh. in a way that the new movie doesn't really achieve for mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I still think it's very good. Mm-hmm. I like it quite a bit. But I think there's certain things about the original, just like the slow pace of it, because it's like, two, gosh, two and a half hours long, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so is the new one. Mm-hmm. But there's a very, it's it's much more slow paced than the new one and it's more contemplative they have long conversations about war and why it's happening and panic attacks that what's his name is having in the foxhole mm-hmm. on the foxhole in the trench the the uh, yes uh, the bunker in the trench oh sure uh-huh. and like cat goes and just like punches him in the face sick <laughs> that's how like snaps funny. him out of it yeah nice well, he knocks him out essentially sweet it's very funny um but it's much slower and more contemplative and the lack mm-hmm. of music just like makes it more disturbing mm-hmm. ultimately hmm. than the new one, mm-hmm. which like, I don't know. The violence is very realistic, but also it's, it's hard to do violence in modern movies in a quote unquote realistic manner without still having it be somewhat cinematic and actiony. Uh-huh. And I think there's a, that, that shot at the beginning where it is just like a long panning thing of the chaos and mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. that worked and that was good. But then the scene that takes place right before Paul goes and stabs the guy uh-huh. with the tanks. Yes. Which is like really crazy scene yeah yeah. but it's just cat and the other guy like going on an action hero john wick rampage it Uh seems like right and i'm like this doesn't feel Mm. like it it feels heightened Uh uh-huh and i don't want to i don't think it like glorifies it at Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. but compared to the original i would say a little bit yeah I, i don't know i think it takes something away from it a little bit when these guys are too skilled or too talented at what they're doing yeah. because they're supposed to be just like the everyman. Even if Cat mm-hmm. and the other guy are supposed to be like the grizzled ones who have been there for a while and they know what they're doing, mm-hmm. it still is like I'm watching that scene and I'm like, they're like action heroes. Yeah. They're like running around like John Wick just getting one after another, no problem. Right. Mm-hmm. 
like the sequel trilogy of Star Wars and they're just running through a hallway and blazers are going everywhere and they're getting all the stormtroopers in one shot. Right. It's like, this seems a little bit off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't I know. I feel like one thing I felt during that scene that I will give it credit to is it feels very much so like the <clears throat> going over the top is like hopeless or a waste. Like you're like, all these people are just going up and just running into machine gun fire. Yeah. Like what no matter the, what, what the, yeah. Like that feels um, like that tells a story to me, mm. but yeah, it feels a little bit like in the trench. Like, yeah, they have a yeah a slight amount of plot armor. I thought oh, yeah. the I don't know what it felt like in the original. The when he stabs the the French soldier and then sits next to him while he's dying mm-hmm. felt <clears throat> a felt really powerful to me. Yes, um, it felt really like that was the pinnacle of the movie for me in terms of the story, the plot of all these people are just thrown here. Like yeah. both both sides. And it's fun for me too, as an American, always watching it from an American's perspective, that it's a German and a Frenchman. Yeah. And it feels a bit like, what was this for? Like mm-hmm. you're two people, I feel bad for both of you. Yeah. You're like telling a similar story. I, I just like, yeah, that. And, and you see, like, the French are not necessarily portrayed as the bad guys. The Germans are not no, portrayed not as the bad guys. Nobody's the bad guys. But you see guy. them both the doing guy. atrocious things to each <clears throat> other. Like, this is the scene where the Germans go over the top and do atrocious things. Yes. Then the French push back with tanks and flamethrowers. Yeah, because then they look back things. and then they see the flamethrowers. And then like, you think a little bit, like, no wonder he stabbed this guy. They're, you know, it's whatever. Life and they're, death. They're, it's life and death. What are you going to do? You're throwing men out there. Yeah. They're supposed to take this objective. But and yet neither of you are the bad guys. You're just you're just sent there by the guys who I don't know if you noticed this in the movie. Almost every time they showed the aristocrats, they were eating food. You notice yep. that? Yep. Um, yeah. That maybe that's I don't know if fat it, and satisfied. Yeah, I don't know if that felt like good storytelling or if it felt a little like much. Like, did I notice it too well? Like, is it too? I obvious? think the average person probably wouldn't, but we're mm-hmm. like paying close attention. Yeah, but like, yeah, the the story that they're always eating, they're always just sending these other people in. <laughs> And they don't care about the lives yeah. up until the end of the war. Anyway, um, where are we going with this? Um, you just, I mean, it called to mind, you reminded me of, uh, I don't want to allow ads. Leave me alone. <clears throat> Hold on. Let me allow ads once on this website. Good. Refresh. Um, just made me think of Faramir's little yeah. speech when he kills the soldier. He says... Um, yeah, Sam is like, we're like fighting, we're fighting the same enemy. Uh-huh. And he's like, the enemy, his sense of duty was no less than yours, I deem. You wonder what his name is, where he comes from, and if he really was uh-huh. evil at heart. What lies or threats led him on this long march from home? Yeah. Or he would not rather have stayed there in peace. War will make corpses of us all. Mm. And of course, I mean, the Lord of the Rings has so much World War One in it. Oh, yeah. From Tolkien being a soldier. 100%. You know? And that even makes me think of like the scene where um, Denethor, is that his name? Where he's yeah. eating, eating the tomatoes as they're like charging Ugh. through the arrows. Yeah, Gross. Ugh. the Ugh. worst. But that felt that I made a connection in my brain with that where all the aristocrats, the politicians are eating in this movie as they're running yeah. the war. Like, anyway, yeah, of course, Tolkien had so much World War One baked into what I didn't he was think doing. About that. Yeah, or that's like nationalism isn't a big plot. Yeah, yeah, that's. That's crazy. Wow, Let's good connection see. there, Marshall. Let's talk about the score. Okay. Um uh, I I didn't love the weird like electric guitar I agree. thing. It pulled me out of the world. 
and it felt like what we were saying earlier was like a battlefield game that's like a historical shooter that yeah it has seems like, like this, trent reznor did the soundtrack yeah um but then my wife walked in as my i was wife. watching it and huh and she was doing something in the other room and she was like oh this is so creepy and she was actually she was kind of a fan of it she was like why do she's like why do they keep playing that it's really disturbing and i was like oh okay so there's someone who's affected by this in the way that i think they're going for which is it's disturbing it's like kind of like a steampunk like engine yeah. engine of war is almost what i was like feeling i guess um is is it i think every time they played that theme it was like it's the like the war is just like a machine moving like yeah. the soldiers lining up they're cleaning their clothes or whatever the freaking notes are yeah but, which is also a big tolkien theme Oh, the with all of like, the like orcs and Sauron and everything oh, being yeah. machines of war, essentially yeah. oh. technology. Interesting. Yeah. But anyway, I, I it pulled me out. Yeah, I, I would agree. have preferred it to not be. I think electric have guitar. no music at all. Mm -hmm. I think for something like this, you just have nothing. Yeah, because <clears throat> it, I think you look at a movie like Hacksaw Ridge, mm -hmm. which mm. uh, you always when it came out, everyone's like, oh, the violence is so realistic, and it's like it holds. Like, oh, it, like it doesn't hold anything back, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I finally watched it however long ago. And I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. but it still doesn't quite hit for me. It still feels like nice World War II guy movie. Mm -hmm. And it it just seems It's kind of nationalistic. It, oh, wait, it's very nationalistic. Yeah. But the, I think my, one of the problems with, that kind of movie and that kind of thing is that if you're trying to do a very like realistic grounded hard movie like mm -hmm. that you can't have a a sweeping independence day captain america soundtrack uh -huh. like it works great in captain america because he's supposed to be this hero and he's got the captain america fanfare which i love and it's still one of my favorite mcu pieces hmm. or the music that the president is speaking and like this would not be a day just for America's Independence Day, like that kind of thing. Yeah, like the very like the trumpets and the like the snare drums, mm -hmm. stereotypical stuff like that. Hail to the chief, yeah. junk. Mm -hmm. um, it just it 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 romanticizes it in a way mm -hmm. that doesn't work depending on what you're going for. And if we, what they're going for here, I don't think they could have done that either. Yeah. If I have to choose between the two, I'm going to choose the weird Trent Reznor sounding hmm. soundtrack. Yeah. But if I'm going to choose whatever I want, I would choose nothing. Yeah. And just putting a crazy amount of focus into the sound design. Yeah. Like have an opening title and have an ending title hmm. and have them both be as sad as Schindler's List. Yeah, sure. And have nothing else for the rest of it. Yeah. Uh -huh. Hmm. I, yeah. I, I think I'm with you there. Yeah. I, it was fine. <clears throat> it, I couldn't recall it right now if I wanted to. That's the, the other thing. The, the whole yeah. theme that they kept going back it, to. It wasn't memorable enough. I think like me. the orchestra stuff was fine. I wish they would have just kept it like natural orchestra and not or gone for something more um, freaking like, what's the right word? Like mood kind of just. Soundscape. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. That's but, what I think would have been cool. Just like really, really, really focus on the sound design mm -hmm. and just try to make it as awful and disturbing as possible. Yeah. Hmm. Which would be a real fun job. It's, it's fun. It's great. It's great. Get the person uh, who did the soundtrack for Joker. The score for Joker. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> That's fine. Listen, okay. you can hear my thoughts on Joker. Okay. And I think 
one of our episodes. I don't know. Cool. But the the good things about the movie uh-huh. are the music and Joaquin Phoenix, and hmm. the music is intensely disturbing. Oh, you're right. Okay, I think that's why. I and I think it. it should be used for that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's what I think of the music. Hmm. The performances okay. are all good. Oh uh, yeah, I think they're great. I, I don't they're... think that anyone is like incredible, mm-hmm. or, and I don't think anyone is bad. Oh, that's because you don't understand German. That's true. Well, I didn't watch it in German. That's so. true. That's true. The point. original is full of 1930s actors. Hmm. Some of them are better than others. Okay. The guy who plays Paul kind of hams it up a little bit, but it works. It's very dramatic. It's hmm. very like melodramatic. Okay. Um, the guy who plays Cat is like, gosh, he looks like uh, Rodney Dangerfield a little bit. Like hmm. he's got kind of a weird face and he's kind of pudgy. Sweet. Um, and he's he's more like not happy-go-lucky, but he's, like, jokey a little bit sometimes because hmm. he's just kind of like, whatever, this is the way it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And he's very good. But, I don't know. It's a 1930s movie. The performances are as good as they're going to be. Hmm. Not compared to, like, modern, very naturalistic acting standards. Yeah. Hmm. But that's all good. Visual effects, 1930, there are none. Uh, which also kind of enhances those big sweeping scenes hmm. because, like, that's actually hundreds of men down there doing that mm, mm-hmm. as opposed to the modern one where I don't know how much of that was not in a green box. Who knows? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I feel like most of it was I, probably not a set. I think so too. I yeah. think they I think they added like foggy smoke around the edges to a lot of the scenes yeah. when they were in the trenches like and I, I wait, what which category is this? Visual effects, I oh, guess. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, yeah, because I feel like I like the color grading a lot. I um, do, too. It's, like, kind of dreary, and, uh, but not too cold. I don't know. Um, I don't know how to describe it. I feel like that also is another thing that heightens it to a point of not being as realistic to me, hmm. where you get this very, very blue-looking uh, movie uh, uh-huh. as opposed to the black and white is black and white. Yeah, sure. But also you could just shoot this extremely naturalistically. Yeah. I don't know. I My only criticisms, criticisms of the movie are things that I would have done differently to make it as grounded and real uh-huh, as possible, uh-huh, not uh-huh. giving it any cinematic flair uh-huh, at all. Uh-huh. Hmm. Which yeah. is a hot take, but for something like this, that's what I would do. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. I think the costume and makeup is awesome in the new one. Yes. I thought the I thought all the costumes were super great. So I noticed does it say when all of it starts in the book? Uh the well, war started he's, in nineteen fourteen? Yeah, he's been there three years by the end of the book, which would be 1915. Yeah. He started in 15. Yes. Yeah, is when he went. So... And and there were already people there. He showed up and there was already... Like, Cat was already there. So that makes sense. Yeah. They're into the war. So a fun detail that I liked Uh in the original that... You don't really get the opportunity to notice this in the new one because Mm -hmm. when they get there in 1915, this transition would have already happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was a point in the movie where... At, at the beginning, they're wearing those like pointy helmets, mm-hmm. and at a certain point in the movie, suddenly they're wearing those like other ones that yeah. mm-hmm. I would more identify with World War II. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, oh, I didn't know they wore those in World War One. Uh-huh. What? What's the deal with that? What happened there? So I did a little research. Uh-huh. This is just a fun thing. Uh-huh. I did a little bit of research, and essentially, let me see where I wrote this down. 
Um, they had to like start mass producing stuff, right? Or they, sort of, uh, yeah. So the pointy helmets are called picklehaub, uh-huh. and they were made of low quality material. Eventually, being re- replaced by the new stuff, Stahlhelm. So they replaced them in 1915. Oh. So they were used for a long time before that. A lot of times they were just decorative and they're more identified with the Prussian armies. Mm-hmm. But um, that was what they used for a long time and they would have different versions of them too because mm-hmm. they would just have like, what materials do we have? How can we make these things? And they were just continually crappier and crappier. They were even made out of like really hard felt at one point, mm. which you see in the original movie. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, so they're wearing like actual like... I don't even think they were metal at that point, but just like helmets. And then later you see them and they look like their helmets are the same, but they're like, have like a sweater cap over them. Uh-huh. And I turned to Danny and I was like, are they wearing like sweaters on their hats? Uh-huh. What's up with that? And I did that research and they actually, they literally made the helmets out of hard felt wow. at one point. So that's what that was. Huh. And then in 1915, they transitioned to the Stahlhelm, which was like actually a metal helmet. Got it. Mostly because they didn't have enough materials to keep making them in the way they did. Huh. And also because it, once they got to trench warfare, they were like, these things suck and they don't work. And we need to get something else that works. Huh. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. So they also, get there the, in 1915. That's the crazy. One. Like the technolo- technological advancements in World War One is pretty insane. Yeah. From like uniform to like getting better at killing people. Yeah. Like let's put recoil on our cannons and like then we can yeah. like fire them more accurately and more efficiently or it's fascinating yeah. and depressing how much technological advancement yeah. comes from war yeah airplanes isn't that fun yeah. airplane yeah I mean, classic yeah. film yeah <laughs> slightly different did you know that airplane the movie airplane is a almost word for word a lot of it remake of an old movie called like zero hour or something wow and I know that there's a lot of a lot of spoofs on commercials on TV at the time that I didn't I don't get now. Yeah. But like when you saw it in theaters, you were like, oh, it's the one commercial. Sure. It's like, yeah, it's like the family guy cut to making fun of whatever this pop culture thing is. Yeah. And yeah. That's crazy. It's great, dude. Wow. Uh, anyway, speaking of not comedies, this movie, uh, this I'm jumping around categories again. The, Jump it. The I just like I think it pretty actively made me feel like I want to be a, a pacifist. Or like I, yeah. I like I don't really support war, and I'm cool oh, with yeah. that. Like, and I know that we can. There's different, different viewpoints of our listeners out there, but I think this just makes me feel like war is just never a thing that should ever happen. Yeah, I think that like, regardless of where you are on like the nationalistic scale or anything like that, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think everyone would agree that war is never the ideal. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in the same boat as you. I I would never voluntarily, <clears throat> at least. From where I am in my life right now, with the perspective mm-hmm. I have right now, um, I would not join the military. Mm-hmm. I don't know what would possibly push me to do that. Yeah. Who knows what could happen? I think I would be a draft dodger, honestly. Like, straight sure. up. Like, yeah. Like, and yeah. I would come and hunt you down. Yeah, do it, dude. Um, I think that's a that's a pretty fun part of World <clears throat> War One is there's no... There's no Hitler. There's no obvious bad guy. There's no like moral anything yeah. beyond this <clears throat> thing sucks. That's the, like, the thing that makes it millions more of people to me. died because of this. Yeah, World War II, we have this very clear villain, uh-huh. and like the Allies are the good guys, and the Axis is very clearly the bad guys. Yeah. Like I don't know that there's ever been a war in history that has been as clean cut. Yeah, of like. No, yeah, they're the they're the ones that we should be fighting against. Yeah, mm. 
And World War One, you just don't really have that. Yeah. Like there's, these guys did bad things and that's why we're going against them. And these guys do bad things on their side too. But at a certain point, it doesn't matter who started this because mm. we're just fighting because this guy shot this guy and now we're mad about that. Uh -huh. Slash we all want to bring, or like the teacher in the movie or the book is, you know, it's national pride. It's we all want, yeah. this is our, I mean, in the years leading up to World War I, it was so much of, we want to be able to prove ourselves. We're like the best country. Yeah. We're the we're the ones that, you know, glory on the battlefield or yeah. um, glory to this king or queen or whatever. Just like It's a chance to prove ourselves. Like people are like, there's a, an excitement in every country in Europe heading to war. Yeah. Like it's happening. Finally, it's happening. And then I mean, it turns what was into, the thing before? What was the last thing before that? War wise? Yeah. Uh, unification of Germany. Uh, yeah. like Second Reich, the like unified under like the Prussians. Sure. Um, I'm trying to think when, uh, when did Spain and Britain fight a war? I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, yeah. Um, also, <coughs> yeah, maybe a, I feel like the Spanish and the British. When did that happen? Anyway, I'm googling things. Yeah, I think. What was I gonna say? Because how did World War One was Anglo-Spanish Anglo uh, until? Oh no, that's wrong too. Um, Germany, Japan, that also happened at some point. So weird. I mean, it's weird how like we have World War One, and that's kind of the basis for everything. And then before that, and after that, we were like, or I guess before that, we don't really think about anything, at least in the U.S., except for like, yeah, we had the Civil War, mm -hmm. and like, that's it. Mexican-American War. But who cares about that, right? Apparently, yeah, yeah, yeah just you like know. it's we just gloss over so many things. Yeah, I, and you know, there's too much to study. So I mean, I get that. What are you gonna do? But I don't know because World War One was the assassination of Franz Ferdinand. Ferdinand. Right? Yeah. So why did why did because this was a group of like rebels that planned to assassinate him. Mm -hmm. They put a bomb in the street or mm -hmm. whatever, mm -hmm. but they blew up the wrong car. Yeah. The car goes around. Uh -huh. One of the guys happens to run into the same vehicle again. He's and eating then a sandwich. Him. Yes. Yeah. And, and then uh, shoots Franz Ferdinand. Correct. Yeah. What a wild, yeah. wild thing. To Insane. Destiny. So why did they want to get him? Uh, there was like a weird cultural war between two um, groups that got thrown together in the same boundaries. Sure. Um, yeah. Austria, Hungary. And, oh, uh, sure. Anyway, yeah, so they're like, there's like weird cultural, like, angst from yeah. that. Because Franz Ferdinand was the Austrian Ar Archduke leader? of, oh, jeez, um, 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 <laughs> uh, 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 I'm not going to cut this. Uh, the, the history teacher, uh, the uh, Austria-Hungary, yeah. Okay. Just the, he was the, the heir to the throne of sure. Austria-Hungary. Because they were like, Austria-Hungary, put them together, that's cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he died. His wife died. Unborn baby died. Yes. Yeah. Not good. So but anyway, so they killed yeah. him, and then like domino effect of you declare war on them, you declare war on them, you declare war on them. Everybody. So why? War who on declares who. war on who? Then who's the first? <laughs> you one? want the list? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, list. just at least the initial one because we start out and it's like an insurgent group within Austria-Hungary. So if it's not from someone outside of that then who's declaring war? oh 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 they were serbian serbian oh uh, serbian yes group. 
So it goes, Austria-Hungary declares war on Serbia because they're there. Were the government sponsored? The, the well, whatever they're called, the, the Black assassins. Hand. Um, no. Interesting. Yeah. So it's, of war. So it's like 9-11 happens and we declare war on all of Iraq. Okay, it goes, Austria-Hungary declares war on Serbia. Then, then Germany declares war on Russia, Belgium, France. Britain declares war on Germany. Montenegro de declares war on Austria-Hungary. Austria-Hungary declares war on Russia. Serbia declares war on Germany. Montenegro declares war on Germany. Britain declares war on Austria-Hungary. France declares war on Austria-Hungary. Yeah, down the down the list. That's of, so crazy. Yeah. Why are, why are there so many steps? When do you think at a certain point, I'm allied with this person. Yeah. I guess I'm also at war with that yeah. person now. Yeah. Why do you have I, to I officially declare telegrams, war? I suppose telegrams, like communication is going slower sure. and they have to go to their governments probably and say, get Congress to, or whoever, or Interesting. all of the people to agree on declaring war. Fascinating. And diplomats. Yeah, it's slower, slower communication, I suppose. Huh. huh. Well, Ben. Anywho. Um, I like these movies. Yeah, we gotta um, start. Let me see if I up. have any special notes here. Uh, did we hit all the <clears throat> scores, the acting, the writing? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think we got it. We're good. Okay, so I had. There's two things. Um, there's an opening, and this is probably the, the opening paragraph of the book. I'm guessing, but there's like an opening, like paragraph that's just on screen for the original mm -hmm, movie mm -hmm. um which i think is very good um and it is as such this story is neither an accusation nor a confession and least of all an adventure for death is not an adventure to those who stand face to face with it nice it will try simply to tell of a generation of men who even though they may have escaped its shells were destroyed by the war mm. i think that's really good and I think that applies to World War One for sure, but really to any armed conflict. Yeah. I mean, you get veterans coming back from every war. Mm. The, I mean, you could, even the most recent stuff, you could look at the Gulf Wars or like the... War on Terror. War on yeah, Terror, yeah. all of this stuff. Coming back changed. Yeah. Like coming back broken. And I think... I don't have a nationalistic bone in my body. Mm. I could care less about red white and blue america woo like i think we have a lot of freedoms and that's great and i you know you support the troops i'm i support the troops in the way that i don't want them to have to be out there mm -hmm. and when they're back here i want the troops to get the help that they can get mm -hmm. because you get stories like this and you can see the insights like this and I'm not going to join the military and I'm not going to be one of the troops. And I'm never going to encourage anyone to be one of the troops. Yeah. And I don't have great respect for someone just because they were in the army. Mm -hmm. I don't see that as being a thing that makes any sense to me. Mm -hmm. You put yourself in a horrible situation and I understand that and I have sympathy for you. Mm -hmm. I think looking at something like this, mm -hmm. that is why we have to look at like what happened at Vietnam and you see just the awful treatment of people when they came back mm -hmm. of like, this was a draft and even the people that did enlist, they didn't want to be there at the end. They figured out why are we here and they come back and people hate them for it. Hmm. I don't know. I think without getting too high and mighty and hoity toity, I think it, it war sucks mm -hmm. and we shouldn't have it and mm -hmm. knock it off. 
Yeah. That's, what, that's what I say. There's a really great scene in uh, Doctor Who. When it, it started to kind of fall off at this point, but there was a really, really good scene in one of the specials where there has been like an alien race of shapeshifters mm-hmm. that has been essentially like inserted into human society under the uh, agreement that they would just like remain hidden and remain like looking like humans. Mm-hmm. But then there's like a terrorist sect that wants to break off and just be whatever they want, which you, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all kind of commences it ultimately with this scene uh, where the doctor has put this basically he's wiped the memories of everyone involved and they are looking at the same person on either side of this table and they can't remember if they are a Zygon or if they're human Uh and in front of each of them is a button that will like blow up the world or something or the other person's planet I can't remember and but they can't remember who is who Ah. so it becomes this whole thing of like there's this really specifically really great line where they just keep going back and forth and fighting against each other. Like, why should I trust you? And why should I trust you? And the doctor finally goes on this long thing of like, keep arguing, whatever, keep arguing, keep fighting. But like, why is it taking this long for us to just sit down, do what all wars end with Hmm. and just sit down and talk? Yeah. Hmm. Like we're going to kill many, 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 many people. And all for what? Because all in the end, all we're going to do is sit down and talk and sign a piece of paper and make a decision. And it's just hard-headed people and pride that keeps Hmm. that from happening. Yeah. Hmm. So that's what I think. That's my heavy way to end this part of the podcast, Ben. Yeah, I think think as an add-on to that, it feels like... Youth are enamored with war. I was one of those youth. Sure. I still play Call of Duty video games. Yeah, it's yeah, whatever. US yeah. government has actual stake in Call of Duty. They have like a weird amount yep. of pull in it's what COD crazy. does. It's pretty crazy. Yep. Um but I think that's part of the reason why this book may be curriculum for certain school districts sure. is like this realization this you know, what we're trying to start a conversation about is good guys versus bad guys is <laughs> far too easy of a way of thinking about it. Yeah, especially and, now. And it's individuals in the middle of something where everybody gets hurt except yeah. for except for the rich and elite. <laughs> yeah. And people who are selling the weapons and you know, that they kind like of stuff. They like actually yeah. call out capitalism briefly yeah. in the 1930s version. Whoa, what? Yeah. Oh my gosh, they spoke out against capitalism? How dare in the they? 30s. Those communists. It's crazy. Watch out. Communists like, communists in Hollywood, am I right? I was like Taken aback, I turned to Danny and I was like, "Holy cow!" Nice, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It was just a throwaway line, but that's a dangerous move in 1930. Yeah, classic. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Um, anyway, so yeah, I think that's a fun thing of 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 I think people's thoughts on war shift as they age and experience different things, and I yeah. think that's kind of a fun thing. Um, yeah, history teacher thoughts. Look at you. And, off, on, I'm I'm sure there's many high schoolers who read this and think it's just a war book, and then they come back ten years later and think, yeah. oh yeah, like maybe I'm not, maybe I agree more with that book than I thought. Yeah. But anyway, um, if you are a World War One person, if you're interested in World War One, or if you watch this and you want more World War One, then I would say if you're living near me and Marshall in the Nebraska area, drive down to Kansas City. The yeah. National World War One Museum is super, super, super good. Really worth your time. If you um, live in Kansas City area, then yeah. drive up to Nebraska and go to the National Roller Skate Museum. Yeah. <laughs> 
Come on up. Yeah, it's really, really, really good. good. The really Quilting Museum is closed. Yeah. What? Maybe that's not true. I, I thought know. the Quilting Museum I like still closed. Open. No, oh, that's I think cool. it's still good. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the World War One Museum is really good. Um, it's uh, if you want way too much information on World War One, that's the place to go. Yeah. They have so many sweet things on display sweet um, and they tell the full story from beginning to end um, if you are looking for a podcast the hardcore history the Dan Carlin hardcore history yep. on World War One is really good and uh, when when I was totally blanking on the beginnings of World War One that is literally the whole thing it's like the, the lead up to World War One the sweet. nationalism and the weird dominoes that fall and the strings that are attached between all of the interrelated kings and queens that all come from the British throne and are cousins with each other and weird stuff like that. Super yeah. bizarre. Um, so yeah, that's that's a, a really good one if you're looking for build up to World War One and like the sucky suck of World War One, what it was like to be in the trenches. Uh, he does a good job. And if you're looking for a documentary, uh, they shall not grow old. Still need to watch Blew that. Blew my mind, dude. Especially yeah. if you're like already listening to some of this other stuff and then you watch it because it just like there's a point in the documentary where they turn on the new technology and connect all the dots between the. Uh, so what they do, they they built a freaking AI yeah. to, and all of the film at the time is hand cranked. So the frames per second is however fast they're cranking oh, it. So yes. so they they get it all the match up frames per second. And then the AI, um, if there's anything missing it, to smooth it out, um, like constructs the missing Close frames. Yeah, which is really crazy. Uh. Then they brought in freaking, they went to the battlefields today and took pictures to get the right colors for, for colorizing everything. Really? Um, they freaking used Jackson's like personal World War One uniform collection because he's like a World War One nut. Really? To like get all the colors right. Um, he has like World War One, um, like, like is a World War One freaking uh, cannon and uh, like guns and all this stuff. So when they did the the sound design, they went to like the sound studio in New Zealand and took his personal collection and then like got all the right sounds to put That's in. That's nuts. Then they brought in forensic lip readers, like police, like people who work with the police to read lips on like on store footage and stuff. They bring them in and they do they they get what everybody was saying in the footage. Yeah. So when the soldiers like. Oh, it's a beautiful day, or whatever they're freaking saying, I'm or like some get turkey. up, get up, soldiers, or whatever. Then they 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 get that all down. They bring in professional voice actors to to read what they're saying, um, and then they mix it so it's like under the narration. So yeah. it's like it kind of feels natural, like they're actually saying all that huh. stuff. Then they freaking um, the final piece. What uh, what piece am I forgetting? Is oh, and then the entire thing is narrated by World War One veterans. Okay. Because they go to the BBC archives of of the BBC oh. radio interviews with World War One vets. So you're literally listening to a vet say, "I experienced this thing." Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's just, and that's the only people talking is World War One vets. So that's quite the experience. So I'd cap it all off with that because it's really cool. Sweet. Um, but yeah, that's and I suggest that. Battlefield One. <laughs> A man of culture, I see. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Battlefield 1 is having a resurgence right now. Really? Oh, cool. Yes. That's good. It's, it's historically inaccurate, but fun. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching a, a video from a creator I like called Haby147 mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. He mostly does VR stuff, mm-hmm. but he was playing the new Call of Duty doing Ground War. Oh. And he was like, I would have said that Ground War is the best Battlefield game that came out this year. 
except that right now it's Battlefield One. That's crazy. And then he looked at the Steam charts and it was like, huge. oh wow, oh cool. It's that's really good bizarre. to hear. That's fun. I don't know why that's happening. I'd go back and play that. If you wanna, if you're a video game person, and you want a more accurate thing, go get Verdun. Yeah. Or there's a new version. Like from the, the Eastern same people. Front, yeah. I think. Yeah. But that's yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. So. All right, Ben. Uh, yes, uh, I say yes. You're not gonna let me ask. Okay, go ahead. Ask me a question. I don't even want to ask you anymore. No. Yes. You no. Have to, you, have you won't me. know what my answer is. You have to ask, you ask me, me the question. question. Um, hey, Marshall. Yes or no? To um, all quiet on the Western Front. Uh, which one? <laughs> uh, old one. Uh, yeah. Okay. New one. Uh, yeah. Book. <laughs> no. <laughs> Books. Audiobook? I uh, didn't listen for to free it. on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Ben. Yeah. All quiet on the Western Front. 1930, yes or no? I'm going to say yes based on what you told me, but okay. only if you're really into the new one. You watch the new one first. Yes. Uh, no, I watched the original first. Yeah, I'm telling people to watch the new one, though. Okay. And then they like um, the one. Ben? Yeah. All Quiet on the Western Front. Nine, uh, no, 20, 2022. Yeah. Yes. <coughs> yes. Uh, cool. Ben? Mm-hmm. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, 1928. Yeah. In the book? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a short novel. I didn't read all of it, but I okay. read most of it. Ben. Yeah. Um, all Quiet on the Western Front, 1914 to 18. Uh, all of it is yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's just we World War One. We did. What? Oh, it? then a no, a fat no to that. Oh! I thought you were. Oh, oh, shoot. I that's don't. embarrassing. That's well, no. then, everyone, that's been the show. I'm Marshall. If you want to check out the show, on check out the show, show. on um, on. The Spotify, everywhere you can find podcasts. That's great. It's there. Uh, if you want to hear more from the show or see what we're watching next week or get a little preview of the episode a couple days before it comes out, except for this week, we're running a little bit behind, but that's okay. Um, you can do that at Cinema Lounge Pod on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And that's the only place. I made a Discord server for it 100 years ago, and I never did anything with it. What? Maybe if we oh, actually get a following at some point, okay. I'll activate it. Okay. A little community. We could. Okay. I, I might just do that. Okay. Um, All right, everyone. That's, that's been a show. show. What are we gonna watch next time? What do you want to do? Whatever you. I picked this one. So. All right. We'll talk later. We'll talk um, later. We'll figure it out. I'll let everyone know when I when we know. Uh, and if you want to know, so you can watch. Where do you have to be? Everything, everywhere, all at once. It's uh, been out long enough. You're an I don't want to talk about it. Damn it. Okay. I like it. Okay. I just don't want to talk about it. Okay. Um, um. Let's do this. Okay. We could do a 2022 recap. No. Okay. We were off for a long time. How are That's we going to cover so many things? How about we do? How about how about we like do like half of that and half of like a, a short something? I don't know what that means. <laughs> let's let's end the show. If you want to find out where what we're going to do next, go to Instagram. Our follow Discord. us at or maybe the Discord too. Uh, you'll know if we have a Discord active if you go to the Instagram at Cinema Lounge Pod. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yep. check us out there. It's pretty cool. I'm also at Parish underscore Art. We have the YouTube channel, The Great Scub Do, and I was streaming on Twitch pretty consistently, and then that stopped happening because I went to Columbia, and now I'm back, <sighs> and I'm sick right now. Um, uh, I love you all. Thank you for listening. Um, uh, su support the troops. Uh, I've been Marshall. I love you. I'm Ben. I'm Ben. Ben. I it's you. still going. I, I thought I pressed stop. I love you. I love you. <laughs>